Welcome to Bulls vs. Bears, brought to you by the experts at MPC Markets. This is your weekly deep dive into the heartbeat of the global investment scene. Every episode, we're peeling back the layers of the stock market, exploring the commodities landscape, and navigating the twists and turns of global markets. But that's not all. Our goal is to arm you with cutting-edge insights, actionable strategies, and the latest analyses, so you can make informed decisions and stay one step ahead in your investment journey. All right, welcome to Bulls vs. Bears, a podcast from NBC Markets. Um, now, uh, this week's been a fairly interesting week. Gentlemen, we'll just, as always, we'll start with uh, who do you think won the week, the bull or the bear? Oh, the bull is still strong. What about you, JT? Oh, especially in the equity markets, yeah. We're hitting that 5,000 level. The the bears are still uh, on the canvas at the moment. Well, I reckon it's, yeah, it's in the I reckon it's in the phase of um, you know it's almost a point decision. What's who's that bloke that beat Mike Tyson and you know it's uh, Buster Douglas. It's, <laughs> yeah. Maybe the bear might come, you know, might 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 catch him out in the next week. I reckon. I might, might, but yeah, we're still at five thousand. So at the moment, I, the bulls are still in control. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think mean, we've got the uh, we're still at the extreme greed on the um, yeah. Green. I saw seventy-seven, so extreme greed on the fear and greed index. So, so yeah, when we've noticed that when it gets up around these levels, doesn't doesn't tend to stay there too long. So that's true. That's JP, true. JP Morgan interestingly came out with an art, um, some analysis this week saying they see a, maybe a potential twenty to thirty percent pullback. Um, but you know what we've. All, all the smart people in the world have been calling that for about 18 months and they've been completely wrong. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm just going to stick with it, run those trailing stops and, you know, try to try to hang on for dear life and not get caught out. Um, now, I've been to meeting this week. Uh, Kai, you were on um, the call with Koshi. Um, That's right. And David Lane from Audemars. Uh, obviously, the 10 stocks there, there was some pretty... Boring and horrible ones, but what was your what was your favourite out of what was your pick of a bad bunch? Oh, I think favourite must be Eboss. Um, you know they're they're a pharmaceutical company, and it's um, you know they've been smashed a little bit this year mainly because they've lost the contract with Chemist Warehouse, which is potentially doing the merger with Sig- backdoor listing with Sigma. Um, but you know, like really, but that's not approved by the A Triple C. Not yet. Right? Yeah, yeah. So. and you know, it can still get blocked by the A Triple C and also the Pharmaceutical Guild, which has a lot of power in Australia. So, I think in terms of share price for EBOS, you know, most of that is priced in. Um, yeah, and they've they're they're trying actively trying to diversify their revenue line. They've been in talks with Green Cross to go and potentially more into you know, mm. the pet sector. Um, yeah, but you know, I think at these values, it's it's a pretty good buy. It may be like a treasury wine sort of situation where, mm. you know, something bad that happens actually forces you to go and be a better business and diversify. And so, I mean, treasury wines was just their business model was just like sell penfolds into China, and now they've got a global brand. And it was a rough couple of years, but it's a much mm. much better business because you know, as a lot of companies do, they just get lethargic as they you know as as you know, as they get bigger and. And they sort of come out of that um, startup phase where they lose their hunger. So it um, sometimes a bit of forced change is not the worst thing in the world for those kind of things. But um, yeah, and we also um, I'll be doing the call next week um, as well on Valentine's Day, uh, which very which is a Valentine's Day special with a bunch of uh, interesting list. Uh, Lou Vuitton, um, Murray Shandon. There's a divorce lawyer in there as well. I think. Um, AFL on the ASX, so um, 
not the sort of typical list I'd like to go through, but it, um, you know, it, it, I guess it is what it is. They've got a. It'll be interesting to see if you actually like any of the companies there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, maybe. <laughs> Definitely spent a lot of money at saying a lot of them, but. Um, yeah, so um, just for everyone, we've still got our risk webinar up on the website. Uh, I just, you know, if you can um, grab the Bulls versus Bears weekend um, or weekly edition and click on the link through there. So run through, uh, Jonathan and myself running you through that. But um, let's skip to market news now. So one of our favourite topics, uranium. Um, so, you know, one of the top producers, top two producers in the world, um, Cameco, released their earnings last night. Uh, the only way it can be described is that they've screwed the pooch, basically. Um, they've locked in $50 uranium prices and uranium with their utility uh, utility providers um, who literally have said, we don't care, we'll pay anything. Um, and now it's trading at $100. So they've, had, they've managed to wait 15 years for uranium to turn up and then lock in the price <laughs> and miss out on the whole move, which is super disappointing, but that's sort of taken the heat out of a lot of those uranium trades. We had Paladin super constructive technically early in the week and it just opened low and just grind high all day. And then just the, the bubble got popped. So, I mean, we switched out of our single stock exposure this week into the ETF. We still like the thematic, but it just that, that rally is kind of maybe. Yeah, yeah, I wonder if it's a buying opportunity at some point, you know, because the general thematics are still here. Mm. Um, you know, spot price is still fairly high. Um, maybe it's a buying opportunity. It could very well be, but I mean, this trade does tend to, you know, it goes, it, you know, it runs higher and then it'll pull back a bit. So, I mean, we'll, we'll look to get single stock expo exposure back on again. I think we've got that. We've got Alligator Energy as well still, which is... Yep, still long that. Yeah, still long that. So, you know, if... And it really didn't pull back huge amounts. So, um, and if it... And look, if the spot price takes up off from here, Cameco's only one company. So it's not like we're, um, you know, it's just because they had, you know, Someone managing their forward risk as an idiot doesn't mean the uranium thematic's going to stop. So right. I, I, I agree, Kai. I reckon it's probably more of a buying opportunity. But what, what sort of caught your eye this week? Yeah, I think um, in terms of the defence space, you know, Drone Shield's actually a really good up-and-coming uh, company. I think with, you know, looking at the situation in Ukraine and Russia, the, the, war, the type of warfare is kind of evolving, right? Because you've got a funny mix where you've got old-school trench warfare but at the same time drones are being utilized all over the place like you mm. know it's even it's even, even by um buddy pirates in the in the uh, red sea so yeah. they're mainly, <laughs> that's mainly their attacks as well so yeah so i think you know like on the battlefield into the future like drone and autonomous machines would be play a huge role mm. and you know one of the companies which is doing counter defense for drones is uh drone uh drone shield and you know, these guys have been getting contracts in the U.S. So the U.S. Um, government, the Pentagon, has approved some contracts with them as well as NATO. You know, So they, these guys have a working product and, you know, it's getting traction with the big government agencies. So, you know, today it's gone up about, what's it, 18%? 19.5, 19. actually. 19.5, you know. Which is yeah. the tough question. Would you buy it here is the thing. Like, it, obviously, you were, you were chatting yeah. about it earlier in the week and... And we were like, and it's obviously it's popped today, but yeah. And is that confirmation or is it we oh. missed the boat? What do you reckon? You know, like I, I'm always a little bit too passive on these momentum moves, but it's 
you know, it, it definitely has some traction here and it's growing. It's got good, you know, like there's, well, it's not good, but geopolitically, there's a lot of turmoil. Um, I, I think it's definitely a buy around that 60 zone. So if it pulls back to about the 60 zones, I think it's worth a, worth a try. Um, but potentially another option is um, EOS. Um, J, JT, you, you really like this stock. Yeah, yeah. So EOS, I've been following it for a quite a long time. I think at its highs, it was around the, I think, 10, 11 odd dollar mark. It's down to around $1.30 now. And if you have just look at the long term chart, it's just formed the base. So it's been around, you know, that 90 cent to a dollar for maybe two years now. And it's just broken out of that sort of pattern. So funny thing is that uh, ASB, EOS, Drone Shield, uh, three Australian companies with uh, that have US, US military contracts have all mm-hmm. popped. So obviously, um, you know, maybe there's going to be some more defense spending coming along. Austin is a little bit of a black sheep, isn't it? Um, (laughs) It is, but the share price is jumping. So there's money flowing into that sector. That must must be because they've lost quite a few contracts. I I wouldn't be surprised if there's an announcement, you know, that they've won won a new contract because that was looking pretty grim there for a while, that Austin. So. Um, and uh, oh yeah, so the what's caught my eye is uh, lithium. So lithium was pretty much unloved all week, but today it's rebounded quite hard. I think unloved is quite an understatement, <laughs> to be honest. I think down ninety percent, you can kind of call it buried, but you know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it got buried again. And uh, Lion Town is the one that's uh, that we recommended. Uh, it did test the lows and made another low uh, on Thursday this week, but it's rebounded hard and it's uh, trading at a dollar ten. No, I think it finished a dollar, dollar, twelve today. Dollar twelve, so. yeah, quite strong. Um, and Jane was back on board Monday. That's right. So her, uh, we call it the. It's not an escrow period. She was allowed to sell, apparently, but not allowed to buy any more stock over this period. Oh, so she can start so buying again. She can start buying again as of Monday. Uh-huh. So and, I, I, I think she's at already at nineteen point nine though. So I think if you she starts buying more, she has she has to uh, put in a takeover offer. With, so, no, so, mate, I mean, mate, got to be in it to win it. I think yeah, we discussed yeah. it last week. I, I think it might have been the trade of the week last week, even um, that line town. And look, risk reward wise, it was just a great, it's a great opportunity. Good, it, there was a little head fake out to the bottom. Yeah. We, you know, we uh, it's back. You know, really two big strong bounces. And if you look at the um, the depth in the stocks, there's no offers above here at the moment. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, who who would want to sell it here? Because you know, if people were willing to buy it at three dollars not too long ago, got uh, love a minute buck. <laughs> exactly, and they're you know they're fully funded for production. Like, is it middle of the year? Something yeah, uh, yeah, So I think yeah. it's late. I think it's later in the year. But the um, but that's the thing. Like they've already knocked back two bucks eighty. Yeah. Like, I mean, how high is she going to have to bid for them to actually take it on? If they've got it, like, it, it, I mean, it's I can't see them going. Oh yeah, no, we knocked back two eighty. Oh yeah, we'll take two dollars. Yeah. So, <laughs> Um, although the lithium price has moved pretty yeah. considerably, um, but it look Gina might just you know who know I I I really don't know what's going to happen here because they're um you know they they should have just taken the two eighty off basically <laughs> so so pretty lopsided trade right because you know you've got fairly limited downside but the upside there's it, yeah there's that ninety cent low was the lowest it's been in like three years it's a twenty six year my life asset there is that's probably I'm going to go on a limb and say that's probably one of the best risk reward trades you'll get this year, almost. Yeah, um, absolutely. As as I said, I mean, like uh, I actually had it on call uh, a couple of weeks back, and I said that this will be one of the stocks that you buy it around here, 
And if you do, if it does get to the one twenty target and you take it, you probably will be kicking yourself because it'll be much higher after that. Yeah, look, we, we I think we're going to be pretty flexible with yeah. our target. I'd say um, yeah. we've got it both in our balance, and um, we got a little bit faked out in the on, on the alphabet. Look, oh, that's you know, that's so, how short term term trading works. Exactly, yeah. and then but the long the long term guys still got them on. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, what, and what's going on in the world of commodities? So commodities, um, so so just generally, uh, it's been fairly quiet this week in the commodity space. But uh, I did see that uh, oils had some big moves. So had a had a bit of a fall down to that seventy two region, but just in the last couple of days, it's back at the seventy six level. Um, and Bitcoin uh, strong again, up around that forty five k level. So oh, is it? Yeah, so it looks like it's heading uh, towards that. I think forty eight k high. Mm. You know, I, think, I think we might, you know, the, the guys with the diamond hands are being rewarded. <laughs> no fear. Yeah. Um, what do you got? So politics now? or you, um, What's going on in the world of politics? Yeah, you know, so again, you know, like the, the lens is focused on the Middle East. Um, in Israel, Netanyahu's getting a little bit backlash because... You know, there's a crisis. He was already a polarizing figure in Israel at that point. You know, like he's uh, the political party is very right wing um, and it's polarizing for his votes in Israel. But, you know, obviously after the October 7th event, um, that's just really little fire to to it. Um, yeah. So basically for their, for Israel, um, Biden is trying to push a two-state solution and Netanyahu is refusing to take that solution. So that's why the back and forth is going. But I think um, internally in Israel, people are just a bit angry about, you know, him managing the hostage hostage situation and just actually wondering whether he's got the best intention for Israel at heart. So, you know, it, it could be, a yeah, I think Netanyahu's got his time, you know, like it'll be interesting to see how his leadership crisis evolves. Yeah, and obviously in the, the circus in the US, um, you know, head clown Trump um, and Biden just there, um, it's looking increasingly like it's going to be Trump versus Biden again. Um, it's just, yeah, look, I, it's not very inspiring. I I don't know what to say. It's, like it's, it's, a good, it's a good script for a reality show, but it's just quite sad that it's like the leader of the free world is going to be one of those two people, like, um, yeah, it's it's amazing that uh, what's what's their population three hundred thirty million, and that, that's the best two that you can find. <laughs> yeah, they're not like the best two in their family, like let alone <laughs> in the country. But um, anyway, the, look that aside, it it will be pretty polar. Like it's what it's just going to push more and more extreme to the you know to the. Right. I think if if Biden gets if. Trump loses to Biden, I think the Republicans will end up just going even further right, mm-hmm. which I think then, so Trump's probably, I mean, maybe the, it's the, the best of a bad situation because they, nothing's getting done. They've passed bills. Uh, their rate of passing um, bills through Congress is the lowest it's ever been in history. So And declining every year. They've made, they've made the record every year. So nothing gets done. Um, and that's, that's a problem. And they keep spending mm-hmm. money. Yeah, like they just—they've got to—they've got. Yeah. Well, they're going to have to come up with like it's quintillions, but he's soon to the infinite um, debt ceiling. Yeah, the infinite debt, which works, which is works okay when you're the base currency of the world, but you know, just ask Britain how that went. You know, with the yeah. colonialisation. So, um, but yeah, so that and that look, <laughs> the election's like forever away as well. So, mm. but the the Americans just love to 
you know, that 24-hour news cycle. But um, enough about that. What about the economy, Kai? Yeah, so um, on Monday, you know, or actually on Sunday, uh, Powell came out with his interview on 60 Minutes and basically it's put really cold water onto the theory that um, the Fed will cut in March. And as you know, we've been speaking about, that was a pretty ridiculous um, expectation from the markets. Mm. Um, but I think, you know, what he said is like, every, all the Fed members are on board that potentially there's a cut coming in the latter half of the year, but it, it is again dependent on economic figures. Yeah. You know, and some of the recent figures that have come out are pretty stellar, like the unemployment, fi- uh, the employment figures that came out were almost double expectation. Oh, yeah. There was 350, there's 3.7% unemployment rate. I mean, yeah. It just got yeah. There's no way. I don't think in history that no one's ever cut rates below five percent mm-hmm. unemployment rate. Like realistically, it's it's yeah. The economy's going really. This just because the market believes something to be true doesn't mean that you know it doesn't mean that it happens. So it um and look, even Michelle Bullock this week said like you know we're not taking cut um, hikes off the table, let alone committing to rate cuts. But and the market ignored them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, inflation's still at 4.1%. So, yeah. you know, we're, we're almost halfway there in terms of getting it down to the ban, but it's Four, still... 4.1's not two. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think... And, yeah, yeah. Obviously, if, you, if you've done any shopping or any spending recently, you know prices haven't come down. So, it's yeah. still... It's, it's still there. It's still there. Oh, you can't get anything for less than eighteen dollars for a lunch, even a sandwich. You know, these days. <laughs> yeah, if you if you uh, if you if you want to prove that inflation still exists, just go to your local cafe. <laughs> yeah. um, and what about trade of the week, man? Okay. Um, what have we got this week? So trade of the week is Wally Parsons. So it's one that we put in our balanced portfolio on Wednesday, I believe, uh, on the seventh of Feb. So Wally's a, a great mine, uh, sorry, uh, not mining service, uh, oil, oil and uh, gas services, but they've been transitioning a little bit more to the um, uh, the green space. It's not a little bit, more, it's half now. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, and there's more margin in the green in the green stuff. So, well, there you go. So great company. Um, they tend to beat on earnings, but for some reason, it just got beaten down from that sixteen fifty. It was it's it was been trading in a comfortable range between. Like fifteen fifty, sixteen fifty, seventeen dollars for a good year and a half, and then out of nowhere, it just just dropped down to uh, fourteen fifty, and then we just kind of just waited. Like we we know it's a great company, and as soon as we saw a tick up in the in the technicals, we decided to buy in, and fortunately it worked because the next day it bounced again. And uh, well, fortunately for for us, like I wanted to buy it like way earlier, and <laughs> you guys put me in a straitjacket and. Thank God we run those technical and those technicals because uh, literally, like we bought it on the Wednesday and it went pop four percent. Next day, like we, it's always nice when you you know you you're not under pressure in a position like that. There's sort of um, yeah, you know, even even twenty seven or twenty eight years into being involved in markets, it's like you can always add something new that improves the way you do things. So yeah, exactly, um, and and the funny thing is, like you know, if if I go back through through the years. Usually the best trades tend to, you know, don't really put you under pressure. Yeah. So this is one of those ones where we were patient and, you know, fortunately the, the markets did reward the, that patience. But, yeah, we, we just know that worst case scenario, it could be a scratch. But, uh, yeah, we just see Wally heading back to that 17 target over the next, uh, I think yeah. earnings is on the 21st from, from memory. But believe- the way it's, um, it should get there. In hopefully fairly quick well, yeah, time. They've, they've beaten four, four out of the last four earnings reports. Um, it's a big company. They operate in 51 countries. They've got 60,000 employees. So yeah. I think the, the reason the analysts 
probably get it wrong is because that's a lot to it's yeah, a lot yeah. of moving parts. Yeah, it's a lot to count. Um, apparently, they uh, they used to, when they well they get new contracts all the time when they were awarded contracts. They used to put in how much mar- uh, how much margin was in it, and they just stopped doing it because they just because it was made the share price too volatile. So they just now they just go look we we got this contract that's worth this. Yeah. So because otherwise they you know the market would be super critical for periods and they'd be you know and they'd be under pressure and you know. We just it made it too too hard of a trade, but um, this is it's a good company. I really like Wallies. Um, I mean, I wanted to buy that back for our for our clients for oh, nearly a year, and just kept just we never really got a pullback until now. So patience, hopefully, is a virtue, and we get uh, it goes on with the job yeah, nicely. Um... What do you reckon, guys? Next week, um, you know, obviously we yeah we're still at extreme greed, so. Um, we, for next week, what do you, who do you reckon wins wins the battle? Where where do you uh, where do you see do you, do you see the S and P above five thousand next week? Where it's I think I think it's going to chip around here for a little bit. But you can see st- uh, cracks starting to form. You know the the sneaky bears taking a peek out of the woods out from hibernation. <laughs> oh, I wonder how how dozy is. You know, like yeah, see if it's got a bit of bump. Market just seems really like it's you know. There's a little bit of bearish stuff, more bearish stuff coming out this yeah. week, like that JP Morgan thing. We obviously have Bloomberg here on the on the background quite often, um, and just we just started to see a little bit of negativity trickle through. And yeah, I just look, I I've been bearish for a while, but it um, but we've also been nearly fully allocated. Yeah. Like we've we've essentially we've all you know as an exercise here for the clients who are with our portfolio, we've. Instead of a watch list, we've got a kill list. We've got all the things that we're going to, you know, take off if the market does turn, and we just try to hang on to them as long as we can, and take advantage of, um, of the bullishness. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, I think next week the the bulls will win, but I do think that eventually uh, something will turn before the end of the month. So, so yeah, anyway, we'll find that next week. <laughs> yeah, I reckon we. Yeah, I reckon we. It probably rallies early in the week, and then and then you've got President's Day weekend long weekend in the States the following week. So, um, but yeah, February seasonally is the third weakest month of the year. I think October and May are the other ones. Yeah. Um, oh no, sorry, September is actually, October has the biggest drawdown, but September is actually the weakest month. Uh-huh. Um, so that's, and that seasonality does play through pretty well. Um, was it sell in May and go away? Well, that's the, yeah, that's the um, good old adage there. So a lot of times... Um, the Christmas I, rally worked this year. Yeah, you absolutely. know, Stick yeah. with the cliches. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's it from us, guys. Um, yeah, catch us next week, same time. Thanks a lot. Thanks, guys. That was really good.